1: welcome to another episode of the wickedly smart women podcast where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter spunkier and more successful in their impact and their leadership this is your host angel b hartwell and today we welcome our special guest nicole kerr nicole is an award-winning health and wellness expert and national best-selling author BT, bt been there, done that, is her favorite credential. She's been blessed to be able to have many career experiences. Nicole is an expert who has worked in all sectors of society, including in government, nonprofit, military, academia, healthcare institutions, corporate settings, and private consultation. Throughout her 30-year career, she has focused on supporting thousands of people from every walk of life to make realistic, meaningful choices for lifelong health. As a 19-year-old cadet at the U.S. Air Force Academy, Nicole went through a transformative NDE, also known as near-death experience. Her pursuit of improving her own health led her to inspire others to reach the overlooked domains of emotional, energetic, and spiritual well-being. I'm excited to have you here today, Nicole. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Angela. I am very grateful and delighted to be on this show with you. Well,
1: so I want to talk to you about health and wellness. Was it the near-death experience when you were 19 that turned you on to that? Or were you the kid who was always like, like at one point when I was a kid, I was having my dad exercise. Were you that kind of kid or or, <laughs> or was it the near-death experience that turned the health and wellness thing on? The,
2: it, the injuries from the near-death experience. I had multiple injuries. I, I was in ICU for seven weeks, the hospital for four months. I was pronounced dead at the scene from this car crash. And then I had, two, I had another code blue in an operation and then another uh, instance where my lungs were filling up with fluid and they couldn't keep them drained where I was suffocating. So I realized in the hospital how important nutrition was, how, I mean, they didn't think I'd walk again and just things that we take for granted. I all of a sudden went from this extremely fit cadet could do push-ups and sit-ups and all these things. I had a lot of grit in me. I went from that to not being able to walk, barely being able to breathe. And this is at 19 to having a colostomy, didn't even know what that was. And so as a result of all of those injuries, my health has become my primary focus and managing my health. And you don't take it for granted because you never know. I mean, it is what allows us to pursue our dreams and to function and experience joy and happiness. And when you don't have it and you're in pain and suffering, it really presents you with a whole different life.
1: Oh, definitely. Well, so Nicole, let's talk a little bit about the near-death experiences because we haven't had too many conversations with people on this show about that. When you experienced, and it sounds like three, you came close to Mm -hmm. death three times. Was part of that not only awakening your awareness of how important it is to be focused on health and wellness as your top priority, but were there also spiritual awakening? Was there a spiritual awakening as part of that experience?
2: Absolutely. And I talk about that in my book, You Are Deathless, that I went from an NDE, a near-death experience, to a spiritually transformative experience. I grew up in the South, the Bible Belt, okay, so very religious, very conservative upbringing. When I had gotten to the Air Force Academy, I was there because I was a people pleaser, and I am recovering from that nowadays, but it is an identity that we take on a lot of times as we're younger to survive, and I did that to please my father, who was a graduate. And when I got up there, my soul knew immediately in boot camp, this was not the right place for me. But in our household, failure was not an option. Quitting was not an option. So I persevered through it. And then when the crash happened my sophomore year, it was my soul's way of getting out of this without having to feel the shame and the humiliation and the embarrassment of quitting or failing out. So the spiritual awakening actually happened. Uh, The only thing that I had remembered about the crash for 19 years, Angel, was bright white lights. Mm -hmm. That was it. I had a complete blank from getting in the Corvette convertible until winding up the next day in the ICU going, oh, my God, what happened to me? And then when I was at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and was working there, I... One day was at Starbucks, my usual routine, I was taking a sip of my coffee and lo and behold my memory remembered exactly how I was sitting in the car, I pulled over, I was shaking, I thought oh my god I'm drinking too much caffeine these days and turns out it was repressed memories and instead of going to work I went to my chiropractor who is a body healer and I sat on his floor waiting for him to have an opening that day because I was just so overwhelmed and shaken by what was coming up. And over the next two days, my memory of the crash came back in detail, vivid detail of me flying through the windshield, getting stuck in the air, knowing when I was in the air, I was going to look down and I was going to die. And I cried out, Oh my God, help me. And at that moment, all I knew was this angel came down and Took my soul up because I was out of my body. I could see my body was in a ditch. It was mangled. It was in distorted positions and I was dead. And so I went up. I call it Casper the Friendly Ghost because that was the only identity that I could kind of put around it. But last August, right as my book was released, I started smelling cigar smoke. And lo and behold, my grandfather came to me and he said to me, Nicole, I was your angel. And a lot of people talk about when they have an NDE that they see deceased loved ones from the other side. And I didn't have that experience. I was like, no, it was just kind of this Casper the ghost figure. But it really was my grandfather on my father's side. And he told me that he died. He died at 58 of a massive heart attack. So when he came to me was in august when he had died and i was 58 years old and so he was an alcoholic and the guy that was driving the car that i was injured in or killed in was an alcoholic and he knew the abuse that i was going through at the academy and he was the one that pulled me up and he told me that he would be an angel that would be with me the rest of my life until i pass on and that i had a mission and that my mission it was directly given to me by spirit when my memory returned to not be afraid of death. Mm -hmm. Now, that might seem like a quite simple task, but it has taken me almost four decades to understand what that looks like for me. And now I understand the purpose and I've shifted my focus and work towards the spirituality that is essential to wellness. And if you think of most books that are ever written, death itself is cloaked in this veil of doom and gloom. And death has a cloud of depression and negativity throughout it in our culture and society. We're a death denial society. Mm. And so with these words in mind, I'm here to help change the world view, vibration, and cultural misunderstanding surrounding death. And to do this, we have to start addressing the difficulties getting there, which is our fears. And so hence the title of my book, You Are Deathless. I want people to know that you need not fear death. It is like John Lennon said, I just get out of one car and go into another car. Mm -hmm. But I did have a spiritual awakening because I grew up Southern Baptist and Lutheran. And both of those religions, along with Catholic and a lot of other religions, make God dual. He's loving. He's protective. He's gracious on one hand. But there are all these rules that you have to follow on the other hand. And if you screw up on those rules, well, then you're going to be punished. You're going to be judged. And the wrath of God, according to the Baptist, is going to come on you and you're going to go to hell or purgatory. And I want to tell people there is no hell. Mm. Hell, no, there is no hell. Okay, <laughs> hell, hell is on earth. Okay, It is man-made. And all of our souls except for some very evil people, go directly to the other side. And so I want people to not fear that. And we need to start having this conversation. We need to stop talking about it in a positive way, because my own experience, along with hundreds of thousands of other people that have had near-death experiences, death is absolute beauty, light, loving kindness, peace beyond understanding, And just this unconditional love and oneness. And I Mm. want people to really understand they have nothing to fear. And so it took me a long time to change the concept of the God that I was raised with Mm. to the concept of the light and the love of God, because mm. I grew up that God was this male figure and he was up in the sky and he was keeping track of you kind of like Santa. Yeah. That, so, that, so that's let me stop true. you.
1: Yeah. So let me stop you. I'm curious, what were some of the things that you did to support yourself? I mean, obviously you had a near death experience, which yeah. that alone is going to like wake you up in yes. certain ways, but What did you do to support yourself to transcend the belief system that you were brought up with and also to support yourself in affirming yourself of these experiences that you were having when obviously your family of origin would probably not want to hear about those kinds of experiences or be opposed to like not affirming you, let me put it that way, not affirming you, at the very least, not affirming you. So what were some things that you personally did to support yourself? And maybe give us three quick ones before we go to the break.
2: I got into therapy. That was the first thing. My parents did not believe in mental health. And when the doctors told my mother that I needed to see a psychiatrist and a psychologist because of the massive trauma I'd been through, she looked at them in the hospital and said, Jesus is our psychologist. She'll be fine. Well, let me tell you, Angel, I was not fine. As a result of the untreated trauma, I developed an eating disorder. It was Mm. called compulsive eating 40 years ago. Now it's binge eating. That stayed with me for 20 years. And that, if any women or men have suffered with that, that is a very shame-based, you hate yourself, very painful disorder to live with and try to manage. And that's why I went into nutrition as well, thinking I could fix myself.
1: I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back for things two and thing three, because I I feel like we're going to get on a roll with that. I want to make sure we have plenty of time. So we're going to take a quick break right now and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna get the other two things that you did to affirm yourself as you were going through these experiences. Wickedly Smart Women, we are going to take a break right now, though. We do need your help. If you are enjoying this show, please consider joining our community, making a donation at wickedlysmartwomen.com, and sharing with your lovely lady friends that might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. And in particular, I want to encourage anybody who has friends or relatives, or if you yourself have experienced a near-death experience, this is a great episode to share. This is a really great episode to share. So I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. I do want to shout out this week to our listeners, and we might as well shout out to our listeners in North Carolina, where Nicole lives. And also to our listeners in, like, we're now downloading in 110 countries. So let's see. We're going to pick uh, North Carolina, and we're going to pick New Zealand, and we're going to pick Norway. We'll just go with all the ends today. And we'll be right back with Nicole Kerr, whose name also begins with N.
0: The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor.
1: And we are back with Nicole Kerr. You can find out more about Nicole and how she helps people with their nutrition and their wellness at NicoleKerr.com. I'm sure you can also connect with her through that website with all of her socials and find out more about her book there as well. So Nicole, before we went to the break, we were talking about how did you affirm yourself, especially having come from a very rigid, shall we say, a very rigid, both on both, apparently both of your parents' background where your experiences were directly in opposition almost to this background that you grew up in. So when we uh, went to the break, you said the first thing that happened for you was you ended up finally getting therapy. Yes. What's the second, second thing that you did for yourself?
2: I got out of organized religions. I went from church to church to church to church during those 20 years when my memory wasn't there, hmm. trying to find some alignment with something in my body that had remembered that God of love. And that's what God is. It's love. God, there is nowhere God is not. God is not personified in any, it is everywhere. Hmm. And so the closest religion I came to was unity. But even that to me wasn't filling the need. So I would go, I lived in Hawaii at the time and nature, the beach, that was God to me. And to be in that element and to see the beauty and to see the positive vibes from planet Earth that you get, you know? And it was just like, this is glory to be in the ocean floating on my back, the dolphins, the fishies, you know, all of that. So I started to understand that, God is all around us and appears in many ways. And so it is not a defined concept. And in my book, I was working with neuroemotional teeth with a l- little six-year-old. And I wanted to just specifically tell you, she was adopted and her parents were from a fundamental church, but she was wetting her bed and she was scared that she'd done something bad and she was going to go to hell and she would lose these parents as well. So I said to her, you know, I said, when I asked her how she sees God, she eagerly told me, God is a blue spirit with colors and balloons and all different colors, no head and can talk. Clearly, this little girl is still having a direct experience with God, no filters from other people. I mean, your own experience of God will probably look nothing like hers or mine. Yet, I just hope that people and my story gives people the hope and the encouragement to continue on the path of what to be able to find your concept of God. And if it includes fear, in my opinion, that is not of God. That is a doctrine, theology, and a way to control people. So I love that explanation that she had, because I think it's something we all struggle with. And she articulated it very beautiful, because when I was on the other side, the colors over there, they're more than the, I don't even know how many the little Crayola box has now, but I think it was up to 125 (laughs) Crayola colors. There are more colors than that, you know, and the music is just... Amazing. So, you know, I just want people to understand that organized religion, it does have a place, but you have to be able to separate if it's causing you fear and fear is coming out of that, that amygdala where you're in fight, flight or freeze Mm -hmm. that is running your, your body. And that is causing your body a lot of stress. And that stress is causing you a lot of mental physical and emotional problems. So we want to be running our bodies out of our prefrontal cortex, which is where our executive decision-making comes. And to do that, you have to be in a parasympathetic state, Mm -hmm. rest, relax, digest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are running on the fear and they don't even know it. And they wind up sabotaging themselves with their intentions, their beliefs, their wishes, because in fear, you lose clarity.
1: I agree with that. Agree with that. I mean, so yep. therapy, leaving organized religion and replacing it with nature. I'm, I'm down. I'm going <laughs> to ring my bell for that. <laughs> What's the third thing that you did for yourself to affirm yourself as you were having these experiences?
2: I had to find a support team that mm. replaced my family. And at mm. 40 years old, I got married to a man who my parents could not stand. Okay. First of all, he was twice divorced. Okay. So that was two negatives. But this man has absolutely dedicated my book to him because he saw in me what I could not see in myself at that time. And he held that vision for me until I could see it and become it. And I am so grateful that he has been in my life. We've been married almost 20 years. And I, Absolutely love him. He's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. And my parents can't stand him, you know, because he's, he's a liberal. He's all these kind of things that that they just don't agree with. And so I'm at the point in my family now where I don't speak to my parents. They're very toxic for me. And that has been one of the hardest things to do because I grew up with the belief system that family is everything. Blood is thicker than water. And that's not true because our soul family is the most important family. And if people around you and in your family are not supportive of you and critical of you and judgmental of what you're doing and saying and believing and questioning you and questioning your memory... They are not the people you need in your life. So having to set that boundary with them and mm-hmm. to basically cut off communication mm-hmm. was probably the hardest thing I, I had to do. And, yeah. and they're still alive. And it, it's like, you know, I've had to go on with my life. And my yeah. siblings don't believe they believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that, that doctrine. And that's fine. But in my experience was you don't need anything external to get to God. Because I want everyone to always know that you are an an eternal spark of God within you. God is within all of us Mm -hmm. whose soul, your soul is radiant and just perfect and everlasting. And the bottom line is we're all love and we're all oneness. Mm, And I hope at some point we all get this message because I talk about the 10 common lessons from near-death experiences and the third one is everyone and everything is connected. Right. We are all energy and we are all connected and this divisiveness that we're experiencing in our country and in the world right now it doesn't matter. In the military we used to say we all bleed red. It doesn't matter the color, the sex, the or whatever any of those things are. And if we could just get to a place of not judging and loving ourselves, then we could not love and not judge one another.
1: Beautiful. Right. And so, you know, the core of wellness is self, self-love self and self-acceptance, yes. right? Yes. So we've, we've got only about four minutes left. So in the last four minutes, Nicole, what I'd like to do is I'd like to find out if there's a specific kind of person that you actually, that actually hires you, Do you do a lot of work with people who have had near-death experiences, or are there particular types of people who have hired you, or do you have like a success story from one of your clients that you'd like to share?
2: I think what I'd like to say right now is I've taken a hiatus from my work. I put that on hold as of January because... I'm a one man show with my book. I self published out of a company out of New York. And so I had been out promoting, doing podcasting, and I just found being able to balance with my PTSD and my other issues. And I, unfortunately, I have limitations with my energy and things like that, that I was not able to balance both. And so I took some I'm taking time off to focus on my book and promoting that and getting that message out because I feel that that is my vocation in life is to get this message out. That's why I was brought back so many times and I'm not sure if I will be starting back up seeing patients again or if that's going to morph into something else. I'm yeah, It's probably going to gonna morph. Into, <laughs> it's probably going to morph
1: into something else, Nicole. So why don't you tell our listeners then about Just repeat the title of the book so that we have that for our listeners in the show notes. I'm sure it's on your website as well. And, you know, tell our listeners what else, you know, one more thing that they'll get when they get the book, one more, one more like nugget of gold that they will get when they get the book.
2: Okay. So the title of the book is You Are Deathless, a near death experience taught me how to fully live and not fear death. And in it, I give you a fear checklist that you can look at. I also have suggestions for book clubs. I really want this to be a a book that book clubs pick and read because I want us to start discussing death. And when you do that and your concept of death with other people, all of a sudden you become more intimate with these people because this is the only shared experience that we're all going to have. Used to be death and taxes, but a lot of people get out of taxes. So, uh, But they're not going to get out of death. And I just want you to know is you don't die. Your soul lives on. And this is not your first and only rodeo. And we have a short amount of time in our life. And I want people to know that you do have a life review when you go on the other side. So everything that we say, that we think, that we do... During our physical time on this earth, impacting ourselves, others in the world makes a difference. So it's not too late to start this conversation with your family, with your friends, to get it out in the open. And I'll just say, you know, Halloween is one of the holidays that scares the wee-wee out of kids about death. And that's something we need to address because it's got coffins and skeletons and people coming up. And it really does scare them about dying. But then the next day in the Latino culture, it's all souls day. And they talk about the soul and they talk about celebrating the soul. And look at the contrast between those two days and what we focus on. Mm -hmm. So I really want people to understand the nuggets that you're going to get out of my book is I wrote this from my heart. It took me 13 years, I Mm. used to work at CDC and wrote scientifically. So to switch (laughs) to something that was feeling oriented from my heart, it was not easy. And I hope that people understand. I talk more about a lot about trauma, about family, about Mm. religion, and all these factors that I would say contribute your beliefs about God shape your relationship with death. And all right so important to look at your concept of god
1: excellent excellent nicole well thank you so much for being on the show today listeners we do love feedback please let us know what you think of today's episode go right now to wickedlysmartwomen.com to join our community share your takeaways ask questions or submit guest suggestions thank you so much for tuning in keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman
0: To be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.